Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode number 160. I'm Daniel Shaw, and I'm here with Varg Freeborn. Hi, Varg. How you doing? Doing all right. Anything good going on this week? Lots of lots of good things going on. Lots of uh, not-so-good things going on. There should be plenty to talk about. Yeah, we always got plenty to talk about. And one thing that came up in a recent episode that was very popular, Shooter Rugi, was uh, off-body carry. It was briefly brought up and discussed just a little bit. Uh, Varg and I both carry off-body very often, uh, maybe even more often than not. I can say that for myself. I figured that'd be a good topic today. Varg, what is uh, off-body carry for the person out there who is uh, new to this world? I would say it's carrying a weapon in any fashion that is not attached to your body or the clothing that's on your body. So a backpack, a purse, you know, some type of... Uh, any type of an implement that you carry with you, but you have to actually pick it up in your hands to bring it with you. It's not attached to you. There was uh, quite a bit of negativity attached to off-body carry for many years. 2008, 2009, right when I first started podcasting, it was a very commonly discussed topic, not quite as much as 9 versus 45 or any of those others, but uh, it was very popular at the time. And there were people who were just adamantly against off-body carry you're gonna get the gun snatched from you you're gonna die you're gonna get stolen this and that you're gonna forget it somewhere and they just had a thousand reasons why you shouldn't off-body carry and there wasn't a whole lot of people speaking in support of it have you always been a four guy no 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 i would say i was one of those people that you know was largely a hundred percent against it i'd say and i actually still am not supportive of most people doing it based on a few important criteria that I think we're going to talk about today. But I, I changed my own views and softened them up a bit when I started to see the utility of it. And also the techniques and creating uh, better equipment to, to do the off-body carry with uh, all these things improved over time, and so it it actually became more viable through more developed technique and better carry gear and things like that. And that also played a part in changing my own personal views about it. Yeah, it got a lot better. The bags got better. There wasn't a whole lot of really good options out there for quick access stuff. You know, they had a, basically a dedicated pouch for that handgun. And uh, now there's tons of good stuff out there from Vertex, which other companies out there doing doing similar concealed carry type stuff. And sometimes it's uh, it's not just carrying a handgun off body. Some people carry something a bit larger off body. But that was interesting. You said uh, some not for everybody without even hearing why. I already agree with that statement. <laughs> but I'm curious what your why is. First of all, carrying a weapon is a consciousness consciousness exercise, right? Like. It has to be, you have to be conscious of that weapon at all times. And for most people, they just haven't cultivated that level of awareness or that level of dedicated attention to one thing all day. Uh, you have to have some slice of your attention that always has to be, is my weapon secure? Is my weapon in place? You know, yeah, are things, yeah. And so I don't think that most people have developed that. The other part is, lifestyle. Now, 
I have started to off-body carry a lot more. And sometimes I'll, I'll be both. I'll have a small weapon, a smaller uh, handgun on me, and a much larger with more capacity handgun in the off-carry with spare mags and things like that. Uh, so I'll have both going on. And I think the lifestyle plays a huge part in it. Like if you, for example, if you have a life where you would put a gun in a bag and then get up and start your day and you carry that bag and then you have to leave that bag in your car for eight hours because you can't have it in your workplace or you're going to several places during the day on a regular basis that you can't carry the bag in with you. Like then off body carry doesn't make as much sense because the majority of your time you're without that gun and the gun is exposed sitting in a vehicle or, you know, and we know that that's not, now you may have a gun vault or something like that. And if you do, that's fine. But that at that point, it's not off body carry anymore. It's just locked in your vehicle all the time. It's like car carry. Yeah. So having a lifestyle like my lifestyle right now, I don't really go anywhere on a regular basis that I can't carry my bag with me. Uh, and, and if I'm going to make a run to the grocery store, some I'm obviously not going to walk around with my bag in the grocery store, but I'll on body carry for a trip like that. But if I'm on my usual daily routine, like when I go, and I won't talk about specific places where I go, but where I go to do business or you know where I'm teaching or coaching or anything like that, my bag is always within a few feet of me and I, I can keep it right there with me the entire time I'm working, the entire time I'm, you know, doing business, anything like that. The places I go, the type of lifestyle I have, my bag can come with me and it doesn't raise an eyebrow uh, because I'm in an environment where there are multiple bags like that. There are, you know, it blends in, there's people, you know, and that's usually where I'm at. So if you don't have that kind of a lifestyle or you work at a place that you can't carry your your stuff with you off body carry doesn't make as much sense for you and it becomes a liability because the gun is separated from you more than it's with you and then that's that's a problem i'm not very not typically very forgetful but you know i i forget things like the rest of us do every once in a while and absolutely hate it when i do that with my bag i'll go eat at a restaurant or go sit down slide into a booth whatever and i keep that thing as attached to me as possible you know, if, if without anything else, if I don't have like a, the D-ring on it or anything, I, I've stuffed the, the strap down in my pocket. So if I get up, I, I fill it like just, to, just to make sure that I don't forget it. There's a lot of discipline things in there, uh, making sure you have it every morning, where you're going to put it, not treating it like a regular bag. This is a, a special bag that has something special in it uh, when I get home, where I, where I store it in my house because uh, I have a small child in my house. A lot of different considerations in there. And like you said, that was a, that was a good point about the uh, – you've always got to give a little bit of attention to the fact that you have a gun right there, carrying it whatever way you're carrying. Yeah, and that attention becomes way more important when that gun is something you can walk away and forget or you can walk away yep. and lose lose it from your sight. And that's, uh, that's incredibly – and the reason that I was so against off-body carry in the beginning was – primarily because of purse carry and all of the accidents and the children, the child shootings yep. that were happening because kids would dig in mom's purse and find the gun and blast themselves or blast their brother or sister in the face. And you got kids dying because people are, are unconsciously carrying a weapon off body. And that 
I'm against. You have to be fully conscious and aware and understand that this is now a part of you. And it can't be something that you just come home and set down or, you know, like in a, and the reason that I think it's nice to have a dedicated kit for carrying a weapon is because if you carry a purse every day, throwing a gun in it, it's not going to change the utility of the purse for all the other things that you use it for. And it's not going to change the habits you've built with that purse. So yep. You're going to come in and you're going to throw that purse down or you're going to toss it down or, you you know, all the things you do with that purse every single day. It's it, not likely to stop doing those things because you threw a gun in it. And that's not how you handle an off-body carry weapon. So having a dedicated kit for that helps with that type of uh, awareness building and, and understanding that I'm building new habits and they, they have to be very strict. I cannot be loose or, or lackadaisical about my approach with how I toss this bag here and there or walk up or forget it, like, or leave it exposed on the seat in the car. Like all that stuff can't happen anymore. I think another common uh, argument against soft body carry is access time, slow draw. It's slower than carrying an uh, appendix and, and the way you normally carry. Do you think that's uh, a viable argument? I do. And I try to set myself up. So if I'm in off body carry, Two places that I'll be is inside of a building or inside of a vehicle. And those those primarily when I'm off body carry, that's where I'm going to spend the bulk of my time. If I'm outside, it's going to be either going to or from my vehicle to or from the building, right? So in those situations, I can I try to give myself a little bit of a plan to have the time to rip the bag open and retrieve the weapon. So locked doors or, you know, being aware of what you're, what you're pulling up to, uh, you know, having yourself deeper into the building, like anything like that just gives you a little bit of time, right? So definitely know that you're not going to be in a, a, a one second draw time type, type of fight. Like you can't, you don't have that leisure to get into that type of situation if you can avoid it. So you try to set up your, your lifestyle and your practices to give you a buffer zone so that you can do that. If your vehicle begins to be attacked, right? Uh, typically it's something you can see developing if you're paying attention, right? Um, if you're deeper in the building and you hear commotion near the entrance of the building, this is your time, right? That's your time to start putting your plans into action, um, now when you're out walking around, like say you're going to go out on uh, a Friday or Saturday night and you're going to be walking around downtown or, you know, somewhere that, you know, you may encounter someone face to face. That's not the time to be relying on off body care. Well, it's the time that you just enhance your system. Maybe you are still carrying off body, but your system also includes like what I, the way I carry a lot is uh, I have a Smith and Wesson 642 revolver in my right hip pocket. And then I've got a, a Glock 45 inside of my uh, my little Victos slingback. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, it would be a 43 in in the waistband uh, carried with a, a VG2. And then it would be probably the 17 fully kitted up with the optic and light on everything in the bag. Yep. What else is in your bag? Mine's full of uh, all kind of stuff. And this is what I mean. Let me back up just a hair. Bag selection for off-body carry. I've tried some bigger briefcase-style things um, and just some different bags, some backpacks, and 
I haven't liked anything because of their size and the screaming Molly and everything else all the time, which I think it's so much more acceptable now. It's not as much of a problem as it as it was a few years ago because there's Molly on college kids' backpacks that never even touched a gun. That little sling bag from Victos is it's small, but it's just the right size for carrying a large size handgun with light optic and everything else on it. But it also has a very nice pouch for medical that you can get a, a pretty decent medical kit in there for potentially multiple casualties. And then a little pouch that doesn't unzip properly all the way for glasses and the little small things. So you get a lot of good stuff in there. And uh, there's dedicated pouches for dedicated things. And I really like how it's sized because when I've had bigger things in the past, I just keep filling them up with more stuff. And next thing you know, my bag weighs 20 pounds. Uh, I, I carry a larger backpack and it is a Molly style. It has a little bit of a little bit of a tactical look, which is a big departure from where I was before because I was always kind of the guy that advocated like get, you know, a Walmart yeah, but you can just throw backpack. a CrossFit patch on it, right? And, exactly. And like, oh, so he's a CrossFitter. Yeah, I'm in that environment now where, you know, I'm I'm partnered up with a CrossFit gym and I'm doing a lot of, you know, coaching and work, you know, and and building a program inside of there. So everybody has tactical Molly style backpacks and you could throw a, just like you said, a CrossFit patch on it and boom, you blend right in. Like it's not it's not like it used to be. It used to be if you had the 511 tactical bag with Molly, you stuck out like a sore thumb. And now every – I walk in and like, you know, Bear Complex is one of the big bag makers for CrossFit people. And like they look just like a 511 bag. They look just like any other tactical bag. Like they got Molly all over them. Like they're all kitted up, you know. So it blends in. And I'm actually using that bag because of the environment I'm usually in. I, I – blend in really well with everyone else. And also I carry, I have a North American rescue bleed kit. I've got, um, a gen seven cat TQ and uh surefire handheld. Sometimes I'll have even a headband style light with a, with a red function and a, and a light function. And I'll carry the 17, a few loaded spare mags, and probably uh, an, another folder. Um, and that's about it. I don't really pack it with a lot of gear. I think like lighting, cutting, shooting, and medical are the primary you know, components of the bag. And that still leaves me room that if I want to pack you know, a weekend's worth of clothing in there, I can, I can throw that in there. I can carry my laptop. I can carry whatever I need for the day in the bag and have the same bag. And I don't have to switch bags when I have, uh, you know, a larger load that I need to carry. I'm not all constantly switching bags and moving gear around. I just have one bag that works well for the whole, the whole gamut of, you know, whatever activities I'm going to be doing. Yeah, my bag can't do that. My bag, uh, I might get a pair of underwear in there or socks. <laughs> you know, that's that's about it. Uh, not a not a whole lot. Uh, it sounds like we had a lot of the similar things in the bag. Where I'm a little bit different is uh, I have a multi-tool, a little uh, Leatherman Skeletal in my bag. And just, I, I found that I end up using that multi-tool more than I use a knife or an extra knife. You know what else I've got that, that may be strange? I've got a lockpick set. Mm. Interesting. And I cannot wait because I recently just started. It's been on my list of things to learn for a long time. And I, I recently just started playing with it a couple months ago. And it's fun. I'm not great at it. 
but I can get some things unlocked and I'm waiting for the day to come around where somebody can't get into something and I get to be like this ninja who's like pulls a lock pick set out of his bag and picks the lock and I'm the hero right then and there in that moment. So those hours of learning to pick locks pay off right there. <laughs> it's coming. The day's coming. Yeah. But one of the things we talked about we both had in there consistent was uh, was medical, something just for bleeding control. And uh, I, I've got mine. Uh, I've got three tourniquets in mine. Just I had room for them. They're soft TWs, so they they, they get really small and compact. So it does take up a whole lot of room. And I do have a Gen Seven cat in there as well. Just having that in case they're you know I'm involved in some kind of you know emergency out there where there's more people hurt. You know, the, a lot of lives that could have been saved and, and were saved because of tourniquet application. Boston Marathon could be anything. So uh, I keep a little a fairly robust medical kit in there. And then just normal everyday stuff, you know. I got a little pouch for for business cards and some Tango Yankee chip. Hmm, it's interesting. What's interesting? Uh, the larger amount of medic medical gear is uh, it's probably a good choice. I, at times, I'll carry like one cat and then maybe one or two SWAT tees, uh, which work really good for not so much as a tourniquet, but for like pressure wrapping and things like that. They can do a lot of things. Can't do any of them really well. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh it's like a useful like secondary thing that you can have like if you want to dress a wound or something you want to put some pressure on it like it it'll work okay for that. I wouldn't trust it to uh uh create um a definite occlusion, but it it definitely does have some applications. The the whole thing about the medical gear though is I I try to stay pretty trim on it myself. Like I don't want to I don't want to carry a whole bunch of stuff that I want to make sure that what I'm carrying has for me, a purpose that, you know, it, it fits between what I'm likely to encounter and what I can fit in my bag comfortably and try to breach a compromise there because I don't like to take up, you know, tons of room with a bunch of heavy gear and then carry it around for 10 years and never use it. Right. And the medical thing is like, oh, but if you need it someday, you'll regret not having it. Well, you got to draw the line somewhere and we all draw the line in different places. Right. And so, I'm a little bit lighter on medical gear and maybe a little bit heavier on other things, you know? No, it makes sense. We all have our different priorities. I, there's a few different points there. So I, I used to volunteer at a fire department for about five years in South Carolina when I was stationed at Paris Island and responded to a lot of wrecks and saw a lot of hurt people out there doing that. And, and had a, it was a great learning experience for a lot of different reasons. Two times when I was working there, gear, everything, medical equipment with me, everything else, uh, I was driving up 95, heading to North Carolina to see family or something, and um, ran across really bad accidents and used medical equipment back then. Uh, and this was many years ago. I was like 20, 21, 23. And we're just if, running on two wrecks right there in the span of just a few years uh, that were very bad wrecks. And I've came up on other things, too, where people weren't hurt very bad and where, where I was there with a the kit ready to go in case somebody was hurt. Mass casualty event would probably be something man-made. But, I mean, it could be a family in a, in a vehicle that are in a bad accident. I'm also a believer in when you have dedicated items that would only need to be accessed under high-stress situations to not have anything in the way, to not have, you know, your hand cream in there with your, your tourniquet and your, uh, your pressure dresses and hemostatic agent. So like, do you have um, a dedicated pouch? And this pouch on my bag is about the size of most people's medical kits that they put on their their plate carriers or their body armor. It just it made sense to me to, to let's go ahead and fill this compartment up. 
because I'm not going to add anything else in here that, that nothing else is going in that area. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. My medical pouch on my bag is the very front pouch and there's nothing in that pouch except for med gear. And it's also the most accessible pouch on the bag. Hey, if somebody came to one of your classes and they wanted to train off-body carry the whole time, could you make that happen? In a class setting, that's pretty difficult to do. I would not be a fan of doing that in a class setting unless it was a class that was specifically designed for off-body carry because dealing with the disparity of skills of all the different students and the different angles and being aware of how the gun comes out, how the gun is situated inside of the bag, like all of these things like that. Uh, in a class setting, I would rather see it be specifically a class for that or working more with smaller groups for that purpose. Yeah, smaller groups or a dedicated class. In any normal class doing just basic, basically range stuff, I could accommodate probably two that are that are mm. carrying off body in the class. Definitely no more. But I, yeah. I do like the idea, and maybe that's something we could uh, talk about and work on, the idea of a uh, off-body carry class because it, it sounds like we mm -hmm. both have uh, quite a bit of experience doing it and obviously work on draws and different types of draws and things like that uh, and getting the gun put away again, which is could be more challenging than the draw in a lot of cases when you're carrying off body. And as a note for that, I think it's important to – I have found in practice that tethering the holster to the bag is is critical yeah. because if you if you're let's say you're in your vehicle and boom like it goes everything goes to hell and you got to get your weapon out you rip the bag open you sling that holster off of the gun where's the holster go so when it's time to put the gun away you don't even know your holster's like behind your seat falling down in the crack between the window and the seat, like it's just not there anymore, you know? So if the holster's not tethered to the bag and it's just not, it, it's not useful for the, for the aftermath part, for like the, the cleanup and the conclusion, you have to be able to put everything back. And sometimes you need to do that kind of quickly yep. and cleanly, you know? And so not being able to know where the holster is, like at least if it's attached with a tether, you can, fish it back and find the tether fish the holster back where and, and it doesn't matter where it lands at that you it's you have a string that leads to it and depending on how your bag set up you may really need to have that holster in there you know, the way my, my bag is i i would be comfortable over a short period of time putting mine in a small dedicated handgun pouch that is this little sling bag but it's not the way i carry every day or to have it actually i've got it in a floodlight and uh and then in the bag. Yeah, I carry that in a floodlight. And uh, if I, the only time I don't is I have a Hill People Gear runner's bag that goes on your chest, which is, is not exactly off body carry, but it's not really a conventional carry. Um, and it's that's because I'm getting into mountain biking and I need something that's like off the waist and, you know, up here where I can still get to it on a bike and things like that. So, in that situation, I'll use a um, a regular Vanguard tethered to the bag and take the light off, obviously. So I won't have the light, but I will have the, the gun tethered. I give up the light in that situation for the tethering of the holster because I just don't trust a, a non-covered a non trigger guard. I, I just can't. Yep. I just can't bring myself to do it. 
Some people are okay with that. And I think Hill People Gear even say that, you know, they've they've had great success doing that. Um, but with a with a striker fired gun, I just am, I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean a high stress draw, holstering, tons of different things out there. Yeah. Anything uh, any other considerations for people out there carrying off body right now or considering carrying off body? No, just make sure your lifestyle supports it. Make sure that you're with the gun more than you're separated from it. And make sure that you're a piece of your attention is always, always dedicated to that gun. Real about your question when you look at yourself and see, do I have the discipline to do this? Because it, especially if you have small children around you or people who may access that, you, you have to keep it on you. And when we call it off-body carry, my bag is almost always on me. When I go get in my car, it slings around in front of me and it doesn't get in the way of the seatbelt because of its size and, and it's the way it's uh, profiled. It's on me, except for when I'm at work or work from my home sitting down doing something. Uh, it's on me all the time. And it does take some thinking and some worry. It's all, no matter what you do, how am I going to carry my bag? How am I going to do this? Where am I going to put it? It's always something you're considering. There's a lot of factors that come in there, but, uh, that's 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 part of the um, the appeal for me, you know, being a problem solver. It's fun solve problems and solve them. That's right. But the all body carry solves a lot of problems for me. It's um, just easy to carry, and I have everything together. And um, sometimes I would like to go to something a little bit bigger at some point for when I need to carry a laptop as well. I don't want to carry two bags. I haven't found that bag yet. If anybody has any recommendations out there? I would be all ears. You leave a comment on the post here for this podcast. Uh, speaking of this podcast, we're getting down to, we're in July now. So by the end of this month, Gunfighter Cast will be known as the Mag Life Podcast. And uh, all the shows now are up at gunmagwarehouse.com. And they still go out to all the, the places they normally do, plus a few more. We just got on iHeartRadio last week, Varg. Oh, that's great news. I, I feel like we should be singing country music or something now. <laughs> Because that's what iHeart's big for, right? I, I don't know. It's an iHeart radio. Um, well, but you should out there. Listen to the podcast. All right, all body carry. Go do it. Practice. Be safe. Make sure you're thinking. And join us next time for episode 161 of Gunfighter Cast. Until then, Gunfighter Cast out.